Hello, nerds, and welcome to the Captain's Quarters podcast, the Star Trek Rewatch podcast, where we are rewatching the entire Star Trek franchise, starting at the beginning of the timeline, starting with Star Trek Enterprise, because that's the beginning. And today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 9, called North Star. I'm your Huckleberry, and I'm with my co-captain, Jason. Make it so, Jason. Hello. Are you a fan of Westerns, Jason? I am. Um, yes, I am. Yeah. Okay. That was a tombstone quote if you weren't. Aware. Oh, ooh, yeah, no, ooh, then not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I believe it's Doc Holliday, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Do you feel lucky? Well, do you? <laughs> yeah, see, I was going to go. I was going to go the Clint Eastwood route, but actually... Um, so, do you feel lucky and um, go ahead and make my day? I don't think those are technically westerns. No. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think so either. And then there's, in The Good, Bad, and the Ugly, he says something like, there's two types of people. There's those with the gun and those who dig, who's, those who dig the hole or something like that. Um, okay, I'm gonna have to take your word for I that. I almost said that, but it just seemed a little bit too threatening to come out of the gate with something like that, and I, I okay, didn't want to scare yeah. It. Well, this episode was pretty. It it started fast right out of the gate, if you will. Mm-hmm. All right, so Jason, we finally have an episode that matches the intro song. I mean, I feel like the intro song has a lot of country inspiration in it. True. So. Speaking, speaking. So speaking of the intro song. Um, we've been watching Star Trek Picard and they're fine. You know, in the intro song, there's a, there's a little shuttle like early in the song Mm -hmm. and it's unnamed and it's, you know, we don't know anything about it. And we finally in episode six of Star Trek Picard, it's finally given a name, um, with OV or, um, October violet 165 and it's finally given a name so we can finally put that to rest and it's the ov165 shuttle and rene picard spoiler alert by the way if you haven't seen star trek picard rene picard calls it spike hmm nicknames it spike nicknames her spike so just a fun little tidbit there interesting that we finally yeah 20 years 20 21 years later we finally have a name or finally a, um, a, uh, yeah, a name. Wow. Or a call sign, at least, for the shuttle. Very cool. So they typically don't give them, or just that, that? No, it's of... just that one that we haven't hmm. seen the, um, we just haven't had a name for it. Wow. Very cool. I like that. OV1? Yeah, OV165. That sounds like Obi One. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, hey. So here's the thing with this episode. Enterprise still in the Delphic Expanse. Obviously, they discover a planet that is inhabited by six thousand humans, who are living in an 1860s American frontier-style life on this planet. And uh, T'Pol, Archer, 
and Tucker go down dressed as cowboys and they're trying to figure out what's going on and it's it's a western episode it's basically like just just like an old western movie you know there there's the the downtown strip there's horses there's cowboys there's six shooters and um archer goes into a saloon and does not order whiskey which i was disappointed (laughs) um everyone else is drinking whiskey archer orders a coffee i believe yep and he's just kind of hanging out and the person who serves him is what's known as a skag to the locals and they are basically this oppressed lower class quote-unquote group that the cowboys treat like garbage and uh skag is uh short for skagarian skagarin skagarin yeah skagarin Mm -hmm. it's a slang it's a slur basically yeah they use it as a slur Mm -hmm. and so this skag is being mistreated archer sticks up for him in the saloon and he makes enemies with the deputy in town and uh what was the deputy's name do you remember Mm. uh yes it's bennings bennings yeah bennings and the the sheriff is mccready yep so it gets pretty tense you think it's a pretty classic kind of saloon you think there's gonna be like a uh, a shootout but then the sheriff mccready walks in and kind of calms everyone down kind of encourages archer to get out of town um but bennings is not thrilled about this so what we learn is that these Skagarans had gone to Earth 300 years prior to this show and basically kidnapped some humans and brought them to their planet as slave labor. And at some point, the humans revolted and won and overthrew the Skagarans. And ever since then... Um, they're culturally historically they they don't like the skagarans to the point now in modern times um they don't treat them very well and so that that's kind of the thing and the thing is though is that they never they never advanced societally or technologically from the time that they were captured in the in the 1800s which is interesting i thought that was an interesting thing we'll probably talk about that more later but um so anyway, um, the Skagaran ship that they had brought the humans in is in ruins, and um, there's still a Skagaran colony, and it's illegal for you know certain things for the Skagarans to learn, for instance. So there's a, there's a teacher in town named Bethany. She teaches the Skagaran kids in secret. Um, she gets caught teaching them by Bennings, Archer, and and her um, kind of hit it off a bit. He's trying to help her, but she gets caught and and basically threatened with jail time for like ten years just for teaching Skagarans. And Archer breaks her out of jail, and 
uh, Bennings catches them. There's this, Bethany gets shot. Archer teleports himself and her in front of all these cowboys in the middle of the, the town square or town like a main street uh teleports back up to the enterprise and Flox is able to heal her they go back down on a shuttle pod and have a big shootout with bennings and bennings's crew um and they they win uh the sheriff also i think gets hit uh and i think Flox heals him as well but they basically explain to the Skagarns, because the Skagarns don't know the extent of their history. They know that they were slaves, but they don't understand that they're from... Um, I guess I guess they don't understand that... Obviously, because they don't have spaceships and stuff, they don't know that Earth went through this whole industrial revolution and technological uh, information age and everything, and is now a space-age society... So they don't know about any of this stuff. As far as they know, Earth is just like they're where they live now. Um, and so Archer tells, kind of fills in the blanks of what happened, where things are at now. And that, you know, um, hey, we can't all bring you back to Earth now, but I, th- I think we should. That's like, in some way, that's the right thing to do, even though this is their home now. Um, and explains it to them. But... The end of the episode is that uh, uh, Bethany is teaching Skagarn children, and she has like an iPad that Archer gave them so that she could teach um, the, the 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 history of Earth that that they weren't aware of. And um, uh, the Skagarns at least have some more rights at the end of the episode. So that was the high level, and. Uh, what I, felt like I watched it all over. Yeah, man. What I miss? Um, I don't think you missed. I don't think you missed that much. Um. Uh, yeah. You didn't. You did a good job of covering it. So. So one thing, Jason was. I thought it was interesting how, like, you know, deterministically, like, where would we be if certain key players hadn't um made certain inventions or certain breakthroughs which could have been happy accidents yeah what if we never had the industrial revolution that changed life as we know it you know just thinking like the it's interesting that in 300 years they they didn't change like um it's almost like this just accident that we did and they did. It's possible that it was due to the lack of population. I think, if I recall correctly, there are currently 6,000 humans to about 1,000 skags. Right. So the limiting population of this town or colony um, may play may have played a role um, into it, but I can't say for, sure, for certain. Or else it would have, you know, um, it wouldn't have been a you know, a old, old fashioned, old West, old West, quote unquote, kind of, mm-hmm. um, setting, um, for this episode. So, um, but I don't know. I, but I, I, I do think that it, it could be down to the lack of population. Um, yeah. and the, if you're, 
if you're constantly so the other thing too that I wanted to say if that if you're constantly thinking about just you know keeping the skigarns down right and keeping yourself and I mean the humans um, left on this planet and if you're constantly having that and that's always on your mind I'm not sure if you're going to be able to push the boundary too far forward Mm. if you're constantly struggling with this anti-alien racist kind of deal it's it's true yeah absolutely um did you think there was supposed to be a parallel between native americans and absolutely oh yeah so i thought it was uh, so (laughs) so the one thing that we didn't cover was right out of the gate there is a lynching in the beginning of the episode oh right right and that was I was like, wow. For me as an audience member, I'm like, wow. You know, right off the bat, it was just, bam, a lynching right off the bat. And I was like, okay, I know where this is. Okay, this is going to... This episode, and it, and that's what art does. It makes you feel intense, like, anger. Not anger, but incredible. Um, I felt... Um, a little bit angry and a little bit um, frustrated at the actions of these humans, and I'm like, really? But I, but you know, that's the way it's supposed to make you feel because it's, it's, you know, these humans are being racist towards these Kagarans and treating them as a enslaved lower class society, denying them education, denying them, you know, basic rights and things like that. So. Right. Yeah, I felt that too. Yeah, it was pretty shocking at the beginning, and particularly because it was uh, carried out by those who were supposed to be the law and and maintaining the law. You know, because it was right. it and, was Bennings who did it, the deputy. Right. And interestingly enough, I mean, this was again. I don't. I haven't seen. I should revise my statement that I'm a fan of westerns, but um, you know, this was a this in my viewing experience this is you know the sheriff is the man of the law and this was a deputy like drunk on power is that a common that's a common theme i mean for me anyways from the westerns that i've seen the sheriff is usually it's it's one of the two right the sheriff is usually you know the man of the law and the deputy is drunk with power it's the it's flipped and where it's the sheriff who's drunk with power Mm. and the deputy who's um you know the man of the law in strict you know in trying to not take the law into his or her, or her own hands is that is that a fair assessment of western movies let me answer your question with a question what with a question what okay. was <laughs> what was biff tannen's ancestor in back to future three uh, he was he was a um, he was Mad Dog Tannen. He was Mad Dog Tannen. Outlaw. Oh, he was an outlaw. He wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't a law. It's man. the principal. The principal. <laughs> the principal was the sheriff. Okay. It's been a long time. You remember that, son? Discipline. Maintain discipline at all times. 
I have not seen that. I will, Paul. In a very, 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 very long so time. So I guess, so when you said Westerns, mm-hmm. are you a fan of Westerns? <laughs> I meant to say I'm a fan. Back to Future 3. Back to the Future Part 3. <laughs> hey, you know what? That 100% counts, okay? And don't let anyone tell you otherwise, okay. all right? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Nikkei? What is that? Some kind of Asian talk or something? <laughs> <laughs> what are them moccasins? <laughs> Run for fun? What kind of what kind of fun is that? <laughs> Did they cover that movie in the uh, movie that shaped us series? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Good. I don't think it was Back to the Future Three, but it was definitely the first one. Okay. Well, um, yeah, no, the the trope you're referring to, absolutely. I, even though I can't think of a specific example, it's absolutely okay. true. It, Particularly because it is a lawless time, you have a sheriff who basically is God, you know, like they they can get away with whatever they want, right? Because there's no accountability, I guess. I guess that's the idea, right? I mean, right. if you're, if you're the sheriff back then, you could do whatever you want. And so if it's a bad guy, then things are really bad. But But I do think, though, there is, like you said, the inverse where it's like the sheriff is the one person who uh is altruistic and um you feel like safe when they're on the screen you know and i thought mccready was because that's what definitely what happened yeah exactly yeah so i i gotta say you know i mean i feel like our generation is not the western generation i feel like that was like a a a boomer (laughs) thing yeah, I enjoy westerns. Like I, you know, I, I like the movie Tombstone, even though I haven't seen it in twenty five years or something. But, uh, you know, I I enjoy, um, like I liked that uh, Three Ten to Yuma and uh, True Grit. I thought it was pretty good. I love I love the show Westworld, uh, which is okay. a western um, with robots with. <laughs> And is there a show called 1883 as well? I don't know. I think everything I just listed off was the okay. extent of my knowledge. So, but. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't know, man. But I, I did get the feeling, though, that the. the okay. sh- um, so I kind of, I had a, so I, you had mentioned that, um, that, to, that uh, Archer transports, um bethany to safety to the enterprise in broad daylight and at first my reaction like like you i suspect your reaction was like whoa you know what are they you know whoa you know they're you know they just disappeared this you know you're not really supposed to do that in front of people Mm -hmm. but then i was like but then it's like i don't know how else they're gonna end this episode but instead but by revealing themselves right right and so i was like oh okay that's gonna make sense if they do that and that was my only i was like okay if they're not going to reveal themselves as you know humans from 2153 or whatever the case might be that was something that was gonna yeah because we're not there yet at the prime directive um you know and to beam out or to transport out in front of people 
you know, that was definitely breaking uh, Starfleet regulations on a primitive society. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's got to be some kind of weird loophole, right? Because the Prime Directive basically relating to uncontacted species, but this is not that. This is this yes, is us. Yes, but I would argue that it is kind of. It is kind of that for it sure, is. yeah. Yes, but also the fact that we're a couple hundred years, we're quite a few years away from the, the Prime Directive. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you brought that up though. So would that ha- action have violated the Prime Directive? It would have, yeah, it would have violated um, Starfleet regulations for sure. Okay. Because it constitutes first contact. Uh, Yeah. And that you are, that they are, you know, there's a, that that there's interference that you, they could potentially interfere with the progress of a society. Mm. Um, You know, introducing you know, a starship or transport technology to some culture that's or some race ready. or some species that's not right. ready yet. That whole, that whole thing. Okay. Yep. Um, so what did you think of the Skagarans bringing the humans to the planet as, a, as slaves themselves mm-hmm. and then humans rising up and turning the tide a little bit what was your take on that yeah you know if we weren't in the delphic expanse i think it would have been a lot more shocking but i feel like this place was meant to be this terrible hostile wild west (laughs) um where you know there's a society that's wanting to kill millions of humans uh, I mean, it's still shocking no matter what, but I think that that uh, I, I, I guess we were meant to, that's supposed to further create the sense of danger of this expanse, you know, because um, I don't I don't think that would fly in Vulcan space, right? Which is no. huge. Yeah, D- no. Do the Klingons have slaves? I mean, uh, yeah, at, I believe so. At the prison, I, I, the, yeah, they the, do. Remember the, yeah, the, the prison, the prison uh, mine. Yep, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I don't know if the Romulans at this time or Andorians at this time. I'm not sure if they enslave lower class. Yeah, and if you or any class you, of yeah, you know. if you remember the um, Sulaban were enslaved. That's true. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's weird because it, there was so many questions. It was like, what, well, what's the right thing to do here? Do they tell them the truth? Do they rescue them? Because there was a lot of talk in this episode of like, well, we can't fit all these people on the Enterprise. Uh, right. So what do we do? Um, and it seemed like the plan is to, at some point, send some ships back and go get them. Uh, so that was an interesting thought that like... I didn't even think that that was a natural conclusion, but uh, the writing seemed to indicate that that was a natural conclusion. Like this is basically a 300 year in progress um, rescue mission. Um, 
and then and then yeah it's weird because you feel bad for the Skagarans um you know you sympathize with them in the the horrible way they're being treated uh but then you have to think like you know if they were enslaving the humans like I don't know about 300 years later but you know yep I don't know do you ever get over that I don't know if you do I don't think yeah I I can't answer that question yeah I, I yeah I I yeah I'm I'm not I don't think you would but I can't answer that question. yeah I can't either so um but you know the other thing too and I'm glad you brought this up I'm not sure how do you think they would how do you think McCready and the colony would adjust to 300 years of human society if they ever did return to earth that's a lot of reacclimating catching up to do yeah well in the episode the the tidbits that they did get were um received relatively well like and I think it's because they knew the Skagarans were a spacefaring group because of the spaceship sure. and whatever story survived 300 years, probably orally, right? Um, so he, like, because when he, when he did learn the truth from Archer, he wasn't, like, freaking out. He was like, oh, okay. Like, he, yeah, yeah, McCready was actually... They, it seemed to me that they had kind of forgotten that Earth was their home. That they're so far removed from being Earth humans that it made it seem like it, Earth was this mythical place that their ancestors did come from and they kind of forgot about mm-hmm. it. And yet not because, in, in fact, we learned that Archer is born in upstate New York. Hmm. Right. And he mentions that to McCready. And and then there was something else that Archer mentions and they he talks about. And I and I kind of found it and I kind of found it to be a little hinted with prejudice in itself. I know I know what he means, but he said something to the to the tune of you know, he said that humans have moved past intolerance and prejudice and one i didn't feel that that was true and two and in a way in a small way maybe not a small way that it that statement itself seems a little prejudice and intolerant in a way Mm. it seems arrogant or something yeah yeah it's it's not the you know we've moved past slavery and Mm -hmm. you know we still have our intolerances but we're growing Mm -hmm. and expanding our capacity yeah instead of oh we've moved past intolerance and prejudice well that's not completely true because there's still a little bit of evidence mm-hmm. human relationship to Vulcans being one big time absolutely um, and you know potentially Klingons or Andorians or whomever I would say though Archer's actions consistently through this show 
are one of extending an olive branch and reaching out first and being like, hey, let's all help each other. In this show, Archer is the one who is like, I mean, he'll just he'll just waltz into a strange society and um, be like, hey, friend, we're, we're here from Earth. Uh, my name's Archer. How are you? And then, like, they start shooting at him or something, you know. But, like, I do think that he, his attitude consistently has been with with strangers one of, like, equality and, and uh, hey, let's be friends. Yeah. But I get what you're saying with Archer. Yeah. Um, so, but, yeah, I, I, but I do think at large there is major intolerances going on with Humans, yes. Vulcans, et cetera, et cetera. So. Yeah. Um, well, do you think the right thing to do would be to, like, get a bunch of ships and bring them back to Earth? I think... I think what should... And, and, and they did do this, you know, be, as you said, they, you know, Archer gave Bethany a pad and they're catching them up. I think it should be up to the humans here on this planet in the Delphic Expanse. I don't think it's right to do it quickly. I think it should be a stepped process. I think it should be uh, uh, more of an acclimation instead of a we're going to take... because. Essentially, it's their home, right? And if you take them away from their home and bring them to Earth, like I said, there's 300 years of acclimation and getting used to and coming back. And and I'm not sure if I'm a fan of doing that, like, right off the bat. You know? Yeah, I'm not either. In an instant. I think it should be a slower more um uh a slower more thought out um uh tempered approach Mm -hmm. um to bring them to slowly acclimate them back instead of throwing them into the deep end and saying you know here you are 300 years like 300 years of advancement well you know they're still using uh horses and buggies right Hey, do you think that means that the Skagarans uh, also took horses from Earth? Yeah, I think it's possible. Okay. Yeah. So during... Okay, so during the fight scene, Mm -hmm. I was going to say, Bennings has the high ground. Um, But then I was interested, why did Reed shoot to Paul? On stun right yeah i know but still you're like you could you're not you're not um he wasn't confident in his own accuracy and shooting the hench one of the bennings's henchmen and not to paul <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure i'm not sure how i, how I would feel <laughs> you wake up later at least try yeah 
to shoot his henchmen on stun. On stun. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a great point. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to shoot someone, what's the worst case scenario? You miss and hit to right, fall. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's only it's on stun. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it I guess it stunned the henchman, but dang, I was like, oh, that's cold. Yeah. <laughs> they should have had like a, a talking to after that later. I yeah. don't think they addressed it, did they? No, yeah. I don't think she yeah. <laughs> they might yeah. Um and then there are a couple last things. Um so when Archer is showing Bethany her planet from space. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, it remind so it, it kind of took a, a page out of Star Trek, the next generation. Um, in one of the episodes, Picard shows a, um, a woman from that, from the planet from space. Her name was Ravan. And then, um, in first contact, the movie, Picard is showing Lily planet earth from space. And he says, you might want to hold your breath because it's a long way down. Um, Montana will be up in a few minutes. Um, so there was kind of these throwbacks to um, Star Trek The Next Generation. Hmm. And it, and it, and it, and all the scenes, it happened to be all females. I don't know why they do that. Hmm. I don't know if that was on purpose or what. Um, but it was always the captain showing three. It was... Three females hmm. being shown their planet from space. Interesting. Very cool. I like that. Has there ever been a Western episode? Yes. Okay. And then, um, and then North Star. I think they used um, obviously celestial navigation, and I'm curious if that was because that was what they taught slaves to look for. Oh. Uh, while trying to escape the south and head north. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's... I'm using celestial navigation. Well, if we kept continuing to use your celestial navigation, that happened to be the Delta shuttle. I'm surprised we're not halfway to Nantucket by now. <laughs> That's It's a line from the West Wing. <laughs> okay. Nice. I had to drop that in there. I like that, buddy. I know you're a big West Wing fan. Huge. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, um, I thought it was an interesting episode, and there's just so many questions. And it was just such an interesting idea of, like, um, we tend to think of, of societal and technological advancement as a an upward slope that's inevitable but i just i just liked the sort of novel take that you know it's like separating twins at birth you know it's like are they going to end up at the same place uh and i i liked the take that no the answer is there's a lot of happy accidents along the way that get you to where you are and you know, if someone doesn't invent the cotton gin and someone doesn't invent the light bulb and someone doesn't discover, you know, the wheel. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're past that at this point. You know what I'm saying, though? Like, 
yeah to get through the industrial revolution and all that stuff so um the fact that a society is stuck uh in and they aren't they aren't like destined to to be this this high-tech society that that their counterparts are so i thought that was cool i thought it was a really cool idea absolutely agree progress is not always guaranteed right we have to keep pushing mm-hmm. well hey man congrats on 1000 plays on our our new feed which takes us well over 3000 plays total if you combine the two rss feeds wow okay okay yeah that's amazing yeah because you know as i said before we changed our rss feeds and so now that it's uh, that's impressive i'm impressed yeah it's impressive yeah and we have more recurring listeners so welcome to whoever you are i know one of the welcome and thank you yeah i know one of you is mike my friend who has been uh binging the show and giving me notes so hey mike um and uh yeah so star wars day was announced i'm excited for that the star wars day celebration okay which I, all right which i believe is the weekend that um kenobi comes out okay okay so we'll have in may we'll have thoughts on that for sure yep for sure that happens for sure and i'm sure there'll be a new trailer between now and then which we'll have to talk about i'm sure i'm sure yeah <laughs> for sure um and was there anything else you want to talk about my man uh no other than happy belated first contact day april the 5th oh that's right yeah um, yeah 2063 yeah exactly exactly and on and so for me <laughs> i i do have to mention this it is star trek related don't worry uh star trek picard there was a teaser for season three um it made my uh it made my heart sing because they are bringing back the main cast for Star Trek Picard season three. So LeVar Burton, Brent Spiner, Jonathan Frakes, Michael Dorn, Gates McFadden, Marina Sirtis, and hopefully other players can come along too. But, um, that was, yeah, that made my heart happy, um, that they're bringing the main cast to play with, uh, the Motley crew of Star Trek Picard for season three. So I'm excited. Yes, I heard about that. And I wasn't aware that they did not already all come back. No, they have no, they did not all they have not all come back. Did you say Brent Spiner? Yeah, okay. so Brent Spiner and Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sirtis have had roles in Star Trek Picard season one okay. and you know, not yet season two. We haven't seen all of season two yet. Um, but you know, Brent Spiner's only played Data in flashbacks and, you know, other sequences. Um, How do they handle him then, aging in real life? Yeah, so they, uh, they, they, they um, did some, they did a little bit of de-aging, but not too much. You could tell that um, Data is now in his 70s. Um, okay. But they did their best, as best as they could, so. Okay. And then, you know, Will Riker and Deanna Troy, you know, they are older because this is 20 years later and they are 
you know, they are characters mm-hmm. uh, who are 20 years older from when we last saw them in Star Trek Nemesis. Um, so we have seen Riker and Deanna Troy, but we have yet to see Jordy LaForge, Worf. Oh, wow. Dr. Crusher yet, so. Very cool. So. That's awesome. And there was some chatter. There, there's some chatter. There, there might be a movie, and I'm ooh, wow, that would be amazing. But we'll see. It's just a rumor. <laughs> Very cool. That's awesome. I gotta remember um, the rule of acquisition. The ninety two. The Ferengi. One ninety two. The Ferengi. Yeah, about rumors. Mm. Hear all. Trust nothing. This day and age, man, I just saw a tweet. Yeah. It was a photo. And this is a Star Wars thing. It was... Okay. Standing in a canyon on a movie set. You could see cameras and stuff. Darth Maul was standing there next to Ahsoka. They looked like they were in a confrontation. And Boba Fett was laying on the ground beheaded. And, And people were like this is a leak from the Ahsoka set. And then later on in Reddit, a guy commented, he goes, no, this is a, a still from my fan Star Wars movie. But this is after it re- was retweeted like all wow. over the place and shared everywhere. Wow. People thought like some PA took like a photo on their phone of the Ahsoka set. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So yeah, you have to be careful out there because people... In, wow. Yeah. People were thinking that it was a real thing. Yeah. Wow. Because it, it looked, it was a very well done fan. Sure, 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 move, sure. Like the costumes looked spot on. So. And you got to think like, you know, do you remember the rumor that Harrison Ford was coming back for um, the Boba Fett show? Did you ever hear that one? I did not. Yeah, it was like basically a confirmed thing. They were like, yeah, Harrison Ford just got done with a day of shooting for Boba Fett. So expect to see him as Han Solo. Wow. And then, yeah, no, I did Obviously, not. that no. never happened. Yeah, no. So it's actually good when that stuff doesn't play out because then you, then you don't trust it. Right, right, right. Yeah. So anyway, beware, beware of rumors. Yes, for sure. Yeah absolutely well if there's nothing else we could wrap it up and uh okay everyone thanks for listening thanks for watching follow us on twitter captain's quarters pod follow us on spotify follow us on apple and we appreciate it and thanks for a thousand listens and many more and until next time live long and prosper And may the force be with you.